All right, Casey and Doug, I want all three of us to close our eyes for a second and focus on the name Albert E. Doyle and focus on his picture. Okay. So if we're all doing that now at the same time, we should be using our energy to essentially make the call. So what that means is that we're just putting an idea out there into the universe and we are hoping that the person and it's moving. Nope, it's not moving. I just felt it move. And we're hoping that the person that we're trying to communicate with will hear us. Yes. All right. Uh, Albert E. Doyle, if that was you that just moved a planchet to yes, hello and welcome and thank you very much. If you could please use the planchet to tell us something else, Casey, what would you like to ask him? Can you tell us something about your life? Hmm. And the planchet is moving pretty rapidly. That's a good question. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. When hipsters creak in doorless chambers and the strange and frightening sounds echo through the food carts, whenever bike reflectors flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when Oregon's ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Kick-Ass Oregon History. I am your host, your ghost host. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Welcome to another installment of Kick-Ass Oregon History, a survey created by the geeked-out history folks at orhistory.com. We profile only the most badass, decapitating Oregon stories. It's all Oregon death, death, death and death, and earth-shattering, devastating death. Basically, the dead stuff. Kick-Ass Oregon History is a presentation of ORHistory.com and is supported by listeners like you. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit ORHistory.com and click Donate. Every up-to-date home has three essentials. A percolator, an electric iron, and an Ouija board. There being some discussion as to their relative importance. The Oregonian, 1920. 2015 is the 125th anniversary of the Ouija board. Yes, the crazy board with the alphabet that you used to talk to the devil in those shitty 1970s horror movies, and then everyone pukes green and gets chopped up, that board is 125 years old.
You remember the Ouija. Do you Ouija? Do you do you Ouija? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, have you had any success with the Ouija board? Oh, Ouija board. Oh, no, I haven't gotten around to that yet. Oh, too bad. I've worn out three of them trying to contact my dear departed Tilly, who left me three years ago. Oh, I understand. In 1890, a resident of Baltimore by the name of Charles Kennard noticed a trendy little activity that involved a pattern of planchettes and playing platforms plastered with letters. Spiritualists and mediums were using these tools, called talking boards or spirit boards, to supposedly speak with the dead. Kennard gathered a clutch of investors and started the Kennard Novelty Company. These men weren't necessarily interested in the occult, but they were certainly sages in the ways of making money, and in just two years, the company went from one Baltimore Ouija board factory to six factories in the United States and one more in the United Kingdom. The Canard Novelty Company certainly made money. Oh yes, they made a shit ton of money on the Ouija board. The Ouija board was an international phenomenon, and as the years progressed, high sales brought high anxiety that all of these Ouija boards were having disastrous effects on our society. As the New York Times reported in 1920, having created a national industry which bids fair to rival that in chewing gum, the Ouija board is now developing a new form of nervous prostration. From various seats of learning, comes the report that the green tables of the undergraduate no longer clink with colored chips, having become the center of an even more breathless suspense as spirit messages are spelled out. One Ann Arbor professor dolefully proclaims that the lure of the Ouija is becoming a serious national menace. Local medical authorities, meanwhile, report an increase of nervous diseases and prostrations. It seems that Ouija boards were making people batshit crazy. To begin our explorations into all of this oddity of Ouija-ness, we started at an establishment that sells Ouija boards, Portland's own Guardian Games. Uh, this is resident historian Doug Kent Crispin, and I'm at Guardian Games, and I'm speaking with Nathan Early, who is the sales event marketing manager here. Uh, happy Halloween, Nathan. Hey, happy Halloween. Well, first of all, tell our folks, what is Guardian Games? That's a great question. Um, Ultimately, we are a nerd mecca of sorts. We have 30,000 games. We have room for 300 gamers. Uh, we have beers on tap in our bar, cider, mead, sake. Uh, we pretty much have every game you could think of. And we're here to talk about Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. So what is a Ouija board? So Ouija boards are fantastic because it's a mix of people just chillaxing and wanting to have fun and people that take it seriously. So it's really kind of a unique item. 
Is a Ouija board a game or is it a device to speak with entities in nether worlds? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You, you get a slumber party coming in saying, hey, we want to do Ouija. And you get some people come in, they're like, where are your tarot and where can we find Ouija boards? Uh, and I think a lot of popular TV shows like Supernatural and other shows have made that more popular even today. So how many Ouija boards do you sell at Guardian Games? You know, it goes in, in waves. Um, during the, the Halloween time here, we have an influx. We sell probably two, three a week. Um, in the middle of the summer, winter, uh, one a month kind of thing. And who buys Ouija boards? I mean, do you ever get like gothy looking dudes with black lipstick they're and spirits. I bet you their spirits look exactly like that. I was just going to say, we've had multiple scavenger hunts come through. And Ouija board is one of their things on several scavenger hunts. For whatever reason, that's a staple on like 500 list Ouija uh, scavenger hunts. Um, I would say it's a little eclectic. It tends to be, once again, teenagers having fun, adults wanting a fun party game, and then just people that, once again, are into the, like, the, the, the thin mist between the two living in dead realms. You know? Well, tell folks where they can find Guardian Games. That's a great question, too. Um, so we are down here in the southeast section of the city, over by OMSI, uh, right off of MLK and uh, Taylor Street, right on the corner by Rada. And we are open seven days a week, 363 days a year, except for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for having us You're down. very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. with the Ouija in a serious way. Ouija popularity ebbed and flowed over the decades and sadly, due to the high death rate of World War I, Ouija boards were bought in high numbers out of a desire to speak with those who had too soon departed this earth. Add to that the social experiment of prohibition. Well, it seemed that those typically drunken Oregonians had a bit more time on their hands and needed a new hobby too. The early 1920s found Ouija mania firmly planted in Oregon. Ouija insanity, frequently referred to as Ouija mania or craze, is becoming a factor in mental diseases which can no longer be ignored. Press dispatches published nearly every day bear overwhelming evidence of the spread of the mental disease. Alienists and metaphysicians are united in the opinion that today the Ouija board is one of the greatest contributing factors there is to the filling of the insane asylums of the country. Insanity of this type is not foreign to Portland, but it is brought home to the city when one of the most reputable alienists in the state makes the unequivocal statement that this apparently simple little toy is responsible for a large percentage of the late commitments to the Salem Asylum. Wait, were Oregonians really being committed for Ouija-based insanity? Yes. An email into the museum staff at the Oregon State Hospital did confirm it. While the sample size was limited and the numbers quite small, 
Several patients in 1921 and 1922 were committed to the state hospital due to Ouija board use, and several more were also committed due to the less specific reason of, quote, spiritualism, unquote. The historic record shows that some Oregonians that used the Ouija board were considered insane. Charles Delaney brought a divorce suit from his wife Pauline in June of 1910, claiming just this sort of Ouija craziness. Mr. Delaney claimed that Mrs. Delaney took the advice of mediums, fortune tellers, Ouija boards, and planchettes. It was claimed that Pauline would accuse him of undue intimacy with every girl whose name the Ouija board would spell. Never mind that she threatened to poison him, kill herself, and even brandished a knife. It was that wacky Ouija board that caught the headlines. We have yet to hear of anybody who could get a workable recipe from the Ouija board for making beer. The Oregonian, 1920. Unquestionably, unnatural and blind reliance on Ouija board messages is driving some Oregon people insane in the same way that it is doing in the other portions of the country. The Ouija craze was not just a phenomenon in P-Town. The whole of the Beaver State experienced Ouija mania. Have you a little Ouija in your house? Lots of Pendleton people have. And Ouija board parties are enjoying a season of popularity that is reminiscent of 10 years ago when mediumistic messages from the star Ouija boarder were a popular parlor diversion. The use of the Ouija is but one expression of the growing popularity of psychic research among local people. Bookstores are besieged with demands for books on spiritualism, while the Umatilla County Library reports that there is a considerable demand for books dealing with the psychic world. The recent war is given as one reason for the trend toward the occult. The Portland Daily offered oodles of anecdotes of local people driven mad by the Ouija. A mother who lost her son in the war also lost her mind attempting to contact him. A businessman tried to find the secret decisions of a fraternal order he was to advance in and faced a similar fate. A sales clerk depended on the device to tell her what clothes to dress in, what perfume to wear, and even what movie to see. But what the hell was causing that planchette to move across the Ouija boards of Oregon? Our dear, dear friend, Pat Robertson, explains. Is there real harm in using a Ouija board, or is it just a game? Would it be harmful to see this movie? Well, I don't know if it's harmful to see something, but if you begin to practice, it is, because the idea is that you're dealing with the spirit, and the spirit is causing that little... Uh, uh, needle or whatever needle, it is. Yeah, well, I'm trying to, whatever they call that thing, mm -hmm. it, it goes around to letters and spells out words, and so you feel like some dead person. But actually, it is communicating with demonic spirits. It is a dangerous thing, and I strongly urge people not to get involved in it. Well, 
Maybe not, said a meeting of the University of Oregon's medical school alumni in 1920. Dr. J. Allen Gilbert, at the 8th annual gathering of the association, stated that the planchette's movement was the result of an outcropping of the subconscious. Dr. Gilbert explained that the underlying principle was a muscular response to an action in the imagination. In using the Ouija board and perhaps desiring a specific result, the subconscious gains over the conscious and the muscular reflex realizes definiteness. The good doctor stated that the principle is manifest in many of the phenomena of life that are accepted without question, though explanation is shrouded in the same mystery attributed to the Ouija. Whatever the fuck that means. Honestly, we prefer the Pat Robertson explanation. Besides, it's Halloween, man. Having any success with your Ouija board? Yes, indeed. It makes a lovely thing on which to stand flower pots. The Crook County Journal, Prineville, 1920. The master magician himself, and one of the 20th century's most famous faces, Harry Houdini, came to Portland in November of 1924. At the Portland Public Auditorium, or today's Keller Auditorium, that's Civic Auditorium, dude, Houdini brought his touring anti-medium lecture that he called Can the Dead Speak, or as the magician paraphrased, an effort to stop people from going crazy. In the press before the event, Houdini addressed his own question as to whether the dead could talk or not. Emphatically, they cannot, and I have consecrated the rest of my life to proving that every clairvoyant is a fake and a trickster, and that there is absolutely no medium of communication between the living and the dead. It is all pure and colossal bunk and people go crazy believing it. Mr. Houdini even addressed the subject of this Halloween's podcast. The harmless little Ouija board has been the first step in sending thousands to the insane asylums. Whenever a woman, it's usually a weak-minded woman, tells me that she has such and such a message on the Ouija board, I say, blindfold yourself. Mix up the letters and see what you get. This is the test which always proves my point. Ouija is dumb because the sitter cannot see the letters. It isn't ridiculous. It's positively criminal, this belief in psychic bunk. An Oregonian reporter who attended Houdini's lecture recorded that 
The audience was frankly delighted and was friendly to Houdini, bursting into frequent and prolonged applause. But alas, in an auditorium that could accommodate several thousand attendees, only a few hundred purchased tickets to the heavily promoted performance. Perhaps it was also the confluence of election night, which brought return-seeking Portland families into the streets and huddled around radios by the thousands. Or maybe Portlanders just didn't want to hear Houdini discredit their woo-woo shit beliefs. even go so far as to hold that a person's earthly enemies, who have passed away, might use a Ouija board for the purpose of giving misguided messages and doing incalculable harm. They hope it is playing with fire. We decided to get to the bottom of this Ouija board business. So we sat down with Casey Goodwin and Katie Montana Jordan from Oregon Paranormal and asked if they could join us at the X-Ray.fm studio and lead us in a Ouija board seance. The goal of the seance was to contact famous Portland architect A.E. Doyle, he of the main branch of the Multnomah County Library and Reed College Elliott Hall fame. However, it seems that the first spirit to find our light in the darkness was someone by the name of W. Yeah, there's, there's activity here. So if all three of us are feeling calm and if we're feeling centered, then when you're ready, go ahead and put two fingers from each hand on the planchette and again try to uh, focus on your weight onto the planchette and not rest your your hands because then it would be easy to manipulate the planchette so my name is katie and this is my good friend casey and my good friend doug we're just here to communicate with you if there is somebody here present with us that has something they would like to say if you could please Manipulate your energy the best you can to move the planchette here, and hopefully we can talk to you. So if there is somebody here present, could you please point to us on the planchette, the first letter of your first name? Casey, since you're not touching it, do you want to tell our listeners what's happening? Well, the planchette's moving. It first went up to the yes. Now it's down by the numbers and it's going towards. It's like we're Stop W. The v and the w. Right between the V and the W. Yeah. W. W. Well, thank you. If that is the first letter of your first name, oh, it's nope, moving. moving. Looks like we're resting on the A. W-A. And I'm absolutely not moving this. I'm not pushed in, dude. 
like we're heading towards zero. W-A-0. towards the letters. I've only asked one question so far and it's moving all over the board already. Looks like we're above the B. W-A-0-B. It's not like an East Coast radio call sign. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's license plate number. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was pretty intense. I absolutely was not moving it. I wasn't moving it. Having successfully contacted a Delaware radio station, the team then tried to ask for the deceased architect directly. All right, Casey and Doug, I want all three of us to close our eyes for a second and focus on the name Albert E. Doyle and focus on his picture. Okay. So if we're all doing that now at the same time, we should be using our energy to essentially make the call. So what that means is that we're just putting an idea out there into the universe and we are hoping that the person and it's moving. Nope, it's not moving. I just felt it move. And we're hoping that the person that we're trying to communicate with will hear us. Yes. All right. Uh, Albert E. Doyle. If that was you that just moved a planchet to yes, hello and welcome, and thank you very much. If you could please use the planchet to tell us something else, Casey, what would you like to ask him? Can you tell us something about your life? Hmm. And the planchet is moving pretty rapidly. That's a good question. Eight? You just went to eight. Yes, it was a good question, apparently. Mr. <laughs> well, oh, Albie. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yeah, Mr. absolutely. A.E. Doyle, were you born in 1877? Well, it moved to yes, and Mr. Doyle was born in 1877. No shit. Mm, well, that's that's kind of interesting. So I want to get into your uh, profession, Mr. Doyle. Were you a librarian? Moved to no. Hmm. But did you like libraries, Mr. Doyle? Moved to yes. I don't know if uh, you or our listeners are familiar with the central branch of Multnomah County Library, but Mr. Doyle is an architect. And he designed that building. No Interesting. Way. That's one that we're all into. Wow. Uh, the other one is, um, well, um, I would, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, do you know what, Doug, do you know what the E stands for in his name? I name? do. Okay. Uh, Albert E. Doyle. Do you want to spell the second letter? That's exactly e? what I was going to ask. Yep. Of your middle name, the second letter E. Yeah, what comes after E, please? M? No? 
R. His middle name is Ernest. Ernest. Huh. E-R. Interesting. Hmm. So, with the exception of that M. Yeah. Yeah. That's the second time he went to M, though. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's still trying to answer uh, a prior question. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, again, Mr. Doyle, if this is you, thank you so much. Uh, What's something else we can ask to confirm if it's Mr. Doyle or not? There's a college in Portland that you're pretty involved with, Mr. Doyle. Um, Do you want to give us the first letter of said college yeah I mean it was Reed so you know the planchette moved just a wee little bit onto R was so. it seriously Reed College yeah, yeah, yeah Reed College okay that's crazy just so our yeah. listeners know it literally just moved a tiny bit to to stand more perfectly over R that was cool so, yeah yeah he, uh, <laughs> he was involved again in the design of uh, some of the buildings at Reed College wow so. um, Doug did Mr. Doyle have children we can ask how many children he had I was just going to say that I think that's it's a good idea to to maybe ask some questions, and maybe if there's a listener out there that knows some stuff about Albert when this goes live, they may be able to actually confirm whatever information we might get from questions we don't know. Yeah. So Albert, how many children did you have? Jeez, Planchette's moving. Looks like seven. Or is it goodbye? It could be, but it would be. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a little bit more, more forceful. Or he would just stop talking. It just wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's still moving, and I'm not touching it. I'm the only one touching it. This is me and Albert. It's kind of creepy. And he says, yes, it is creepy, <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, you know, when I watched that shitty Hasbro movie about Ouija, and it scared the fuck out of me too. <laughs> I told you not to. So, <laughs> but you that's said because it was horrible, which it was. It was but so I bad. That movie was creepy. Bad. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. So seven kids. Seven kids. Yeah, let's, we need to look find that out. Up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was not what I prepared in my biography. No, that's Mr. good Doyle, because so, again, yeah. that's information that that couldn't have been tainted. Then. And th- those are things right there that that me, um, on an investigative level, um, those are the things that that I really look for are the the answers to things that we don't know the questions to or the answers to. Um, those are very important because this is such a subjective game. Mm-hmm. It's it's so easy to to know the answers to something. So so when we get something like that, those are head scratchers. Excellent point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I think that was fantastic. That was, that should should was we thank Mr. Doyle or whomever is, uh, is um, Absolutely masquerading as Mr. Doyle? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Doyle, if that was in fact you we were talking with, thank you again so much. We're absolutely honored that you took the time to come communicate with us and we're definitely going to do some research and look you up and confirm if you did or did not have seven kids but thank you again and i want to thank you guys that was really really fantastic yeah, that was interesting yeah, yeah no thank you looking forward to this for a while now yeah, it's always yeah. good to do these kind of things yeah. i just want to say that it's interesting that we got any type of result anytime 
the planchette moves. It's super fun, but we got concrete results. It went to yes or no, and it when we asked a question that had a number answer, it went straight down to the bottom of the board where the numbers were. So if either of you aren't completely fucking with me, then I feel that we were discussing with an intelligent entity that at least seemed to understand what was going on and was very forceful about wanting to communicate with us. I was fuck free that entire session. <laughs> Nobody got possessed. <laughs> well, that we know of. That right? we know yet. <laughs> we might all die really fucking horrible deaths. John the engineer <laughs> is the first to go, unfortunately. That's just yep. how the script plays out, I'm sorry to say. Jury's so. well, still out on me. Well, thanks again, right. guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, Oregon Paranormal, where can folks find out more about you? Uh, we're on Twitter, at OR Paranormal, and we're on Facebook. Oregon Paranormal, just general search, and they can find us at www.oregonparanormal.com. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I hope this isn't the last thing that we do together. It's been uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, thank, yeah. thank you so much. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Explanations are given in many cases. Some people seem to think that humanity must have an outlet for their exuberant spirits, deny them liquor or other methods of intoxication, and they promptly indulge in spiritual or Ouija board jags. The jazzy life of today seems to demand some means of expression, but from the evidence, the Ouija board apparently extracts a toll altogether out of proportion to the questionable benefits it offers. According to the Oregon Encyclopedia, A.E. Doyle had four kids. Four that we know about, right? Was all that Ouija board stuff real? Did W. and A.E. Doyle really join us for a little monosyllabic chat? I don't know. The plan chat was fucking cruising across the Ouija board, and I know I wasn't pushing it. And Casey and Katie swear that they weren't either, and I trust them, but that's the shit that you told your friends at the junior high school sleepover, right? That's what everybody says who plays Ouija. And maybe I was pushing the planchette, but I didn't even realize that I was. It's all part of the game, right? Or should we say, the ceremony to contact A.E. Doyle, or whatever ghost might have been fucking with us. But what I do know is that after the Ouija board session, Katie, Casey, John the Engineer, and I enjoyed a few beers at the Shirley Haunted Chapel Pub and talked into the night about ghosts in the x-ray recording booth and little cat ghosts and different dimensions and spirits and even Bigfoots and journeying to the White Horse Inn to check in on our friend Joe White Buffalo and his New Orleans funerary marching band and orbs aplenty. And isn't that the real reason why people gather around a $20 board game made in China? to just have a good time and enjoy each other's company seems like a grand result to me. Happy Halloween, dear ass kickers, from Kick-Ass Oregon History. Happy Halloween. H. 
L-O-W-E-E-N-B-I-T-C-H-E-S Listening, Ass Kickers, and be on the lookout for future podcasts from orhistory.com. We hope that you agree that today's episode featured some kick ass Oregon history. Today's podcast was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Doug Kank Crispin and Andy Lindbergh. Citations are available on request. Kick Ass Oregon History is on Twitter at Oregon underscore history. Follow us on Instagram, at History. We're also on the Facebook. The email address is OregonHistorian at gmail.com. Want more Kick-Ass Oregon History in your life? Become a podcast supporter. Learn more at ORHistory.com. Just don't get too close to Mr. Kate Crispin, or he'll haunt you. From beyond the grave. You stay historic, Oregon, and kick ass. host Andy Lindbergh here. Doug and I have been having a very productive and adventurous 2015. As a result, we are excited to give you a quick heads up that 2016 will bring new stories of Oregon history in a slightly new way. In 2016, we will present a new season of Kick-Ass Oregon History. Stories built around a larger theme, shared in the way only we can. So stay tuned, and maybe consider becoming a voluntary subscriber via the Patreon support link at orhistory.com. Shit's still free, but, you know, kick a few bucks our way each month and it won't hurt your bottom line. Plus, it keeps Doug from selling his kids' plasma to fund our web server. Thank you. ORHistory.com